Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for Gigpod is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off plus free delivery with the code GIGPOD at manscaped.com. Out of control. Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Premiership Years from the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GIGPOD. This month, we're focusing on October 2020. It was a month that it was the wettest day on record in the UK. British Airways retired their Heathrow-based Boeing 747s and the country demanded the resignation of an individual who caused so much damage after gross negligence. I'm not about Neil Lennon here though, I was on about Margaret Fair earlier. So I'm Stevie and I'm joined by Pod Tim's very own Tony to discuss Celtic in October 2020, and yes, I believe we have a doctor on standby in case Tony's head explodes at some point in the next half hour or so. Tony, welcome. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's good to be back on. Why I agreed to come on here and talk about October 2020 in Celtic, I don't know, but misery loves company, so let's go for it. It's also nice to see you wearing your ordinary clothes, I must say. I just wanted to know if you still wanted me, Stevie, of course. (laughs) Getting right into this one, Tony. The first game we had uh, in October was FK Sarajevo versus Celtic. We ran out 1-0 winners and Odson Edward and Celtic were rewarded for a much-improved second-half performance as his winner secured our place in the Europa League group stage. And that would turn out to be terrible news and we might as well get knocked out though. But what was your memories of that game? I remember it being quite a slog and I remember being quite worried. But I think the worry had already built up before obviously August. I know you've covered August and September, but just in the build-up, the performances had been below par. There was a Dorit Kilmarnock, there was a Fenenvaros defeat. Um and I remember this was leading up to a big month in October where it was where we qualify and then made the game against Rangers. But I, I can't remember a lot. I remember the Edward goal. 
um, and I remember just being relieved. But I remember being a, relieved really a lot of the times early on in the season, and that's when alarm bells are ringing because usually you don't mind last dash winners against garbage if you're in April or May. But obviously, as we go on, we'll talk about October and how the kind of luck. This has been the luck kind of started to run out essentially. Yeah, and just like August as well, we dominated this game. And what we did in August, we had plenty of shots, but really any in target. I mean, we had 14 shots in this game, only four in target. Our decision-making was still terrible, but it was Edward's goal in the 70th minutes, even, that got us into the Europa League group stages. And then after that, we would go to McDermott Park to play a St. Johnston side. And I guess, Tony, this is where you could really say the writing was in the wall truly for Celtic domestically. This was probably the last game where we get away with it and we rode our luck. And then after this game, that's when it stopped, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because this was the game where we were hopeless. That was an awful, awful game. Um, Griffiths comes on late, gets the winner. And then I remember Klamala scored a fantastic goal where he got half to two, bounced back up and rattled in the top of the net. And I remember watching that game and thinking, wow, this is the stuff of champions. But I remember Danny for pod terms was saying, this isn't right, basically. You, these are the results you get when it's the split, <laughs> you don't get this in October time. Uh, and I think I tweeted out at that point saying, look, we're sleepwalking into a disaster when we play Rangers on the 17th. And people jumped in my throat about it. Oh, they're no Barcelona, they're no this, they're no that. And it wasn't so much that I thought they were fantastic, but you could see they had improved and they, were, they had a better structure and we were really getting quite lucky. So... That was a, a big concern. I remember in this game as well, actually. Um, this was a, one of the matches that I didn't get to see all of. In fact, I only got to see about 60 minutes of it, and then I had to nip away for family things. But I was keeping an eye on the game, you know, through Twitter as well. And a lot of people usually exaggerate on Twitter, you know, if there's a shot that's went by the post for like 10 yards, people call it a, a sitter and all that. Even, let's say, Tumbo or something had a shot wide and... He was marked with about three players around him. People do exaggerate wee things and all that, right? But when I did watch all this game back, it wasn't an exaggeration because this, the standard of football tone in this game was really, really poor. This was a game where we still had our bigger players before they would go on to, we'd go on to miss them against Rangers. I'll go into that in a minute. But, you know, Edward was absolutely misfiring in this game. Callum McGregor was, like, way off the pace as well. To be really fair to St Johnston, you could tell that they'd had improved under Callum Davidson. Not quite at this point because, I mean, they, they had a horror couple of months. But certainly they nullified us for 90 minutes. Our goal was really well taken. Chris Ayer, I think it was, with a cracking burst for, for defence in midfield, puts it out with El Hamid, cracking ball in. And all Griffiths really needs to do is get it on target. He scores there, and as you say, Clamalla takes his goal really, really well too. When you look at the, you know that midfield, the the five we had, we're still playing the three five two there. You've got Frimpong on the right, Greg Taylor on the left. You've got Cham, Tumble, and McGregor. And do you know what the one thing you've that we always had against St Johnston at McDermott Park, Tony, that we were always able to pit them apart with. We always had pace in midfield. But we had none that day, and it was so evident, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I remember just just kind of thinking back. I'm sure. I don't know if it did. Stevie May hit the post, or somebody had the post for them. Yeah. Oh no, it was uh, Conway. Conway hit the post in about 
60 minutes or so. Yeah. And I was thinking if that went in, we would have lost that game, I think. I think there would have been no two ways about that. And you wonder if that would have been when the kind of campaign to get rid of Lennon might have started. Um, so he might have went in January instead of February if he'd have lost that game. But, no, I, I mean, I, can, I remember that game sticking out and just thinking, this is utterly dross. Like, this is just no acceptable. But it wasn't a surprise by that time. I don't think we'd... I think we played one kind of reasonably good game and it was 3-0 against Hibs, I think that may have been September time, but that's when it was definitely a worry getting into the next game, um, which I'm sure we'll come on to. And before that, that was one of the last games David Tumble actually started, he was hooked off for Ryan Christie in about 60 minutes, and then we wouldn't see him again up until the Lille game in December. It's mad, isn't it, Tony, that well, David Tumble, yeah, David Tumble was one of their shining lights all season, one pretty poor game, just like the rest of them, and then that was him exiled for the team, rather than, you know, maybe if we had him in the next game coming up, who knows how our season might have went there. What's that? I mean, his set pieces have been very good. I mean, I think Turnbull has been the only positive of this season. Obviously, Sorrow played some, but then Kennedy bombed him out. But you need to remember the, the fact that Sorrow and Turnbull played against Lille was I was going to say luck, but bad luck, because the, it was done by then, we were out the group, so I think that was just purely down to rotation, uh, but to think he didn't get a chance for over two months, and then became such a kind of, I don't want to say influential, because obviously we haven't won anything, but he became a, a good addition to the team, for sure. The next game, Tony, now this is, it was you, Danny, Andy and Darren, at the pod terms, the four of you did one of the most definitive shoots I've ever heard in a podcast, when it was just like an hour and a half of complete sense um, when Rangers beat us 2-0 at Celtic Park. There was no excuses. There wasn't a, but, but wait to the next time and ah, but Rangers have got it in, not me bottle it. There was none of that. I think all four of you were quite unanimous that this was the day the league was well and truly lost. I think it was the day we realised that the league would be lost if we hadn't sat, if we don't sack Lennon. Because as much as we were missing Edward, we still had quality there. Um, and we still had the players to, to go out and win, but the performance itself, again, shocking. Seven minutes in, we can see the set piece, which will probably be a theme through every one of these episodes you do, because all we've done is concede set pieces. Goldson, obviously, he, he scores the second. It's a set piece as well. We don't get a shot on target. The only chance we get was really the Elianusi one. Let's see, he, he just kind of lobbed right over McGregor and, and out of play. Um, but that was it when I thought, your luck's ran out. You've been threatening to put in these terrible performances. Um, they've not transpired into awful results. And then there was obviously Fenimvaros. The players were thrown under the bus. That's, but at that point, I definitely thought if we'd have sacked him and brought Eddie Howe in, which I think I said at the time. Obviously, Eddie Howe's not for it. That's Eddie Howe, are we? Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, but that was that. I was thinking if we bring him in now, but we've got a chance. Because I still, at that point, believed we'd a good team and we had good players and we had players capable of winning leagues and titles and trophies and whatever else. And they'd proven it for, for nine years. And obviously, they'd won. The, the three trebles prior and then we're going to win the fourth in a row so I was thinking if we can get a proper manager and that's always the way I've spoke about it and I speak about Lennon I just don't see Neil Lennon as a, a proper football manager obviously he would be a very against that as he was earlier in the week coming out in the papers but for me that would be um, that would be when I would have said right out beat it I think this was the, the match though it wasn't it that we learned that Rangers worked out how to get the better of us you know once again they just shut us down in midfield. They took total control right in the middle of the park, right for the start like they did in the 
2-1 game at the end of 2019 and they won that game, they won again here and it was their first back-to-back wins at Celtic Park in what, 10 years or something. It was a complete performance with them, it was a utter shambles from us but not only that, it was a real statement from them. They went four points clear at the top that day. You know, they just went from strength to strength. It was the game, Tony, where we just went downhill after it and we'll talk about the the rest of the one for a wee minute. But also focusing on Shane Duffy now in September, myself and Hamish were saying it was a nightmare in the waiting for, for, for Shane Duffy, this type of performance. Against Hibs when we won 3-0, he got away with it because, you know, Kevin Nisbet was misfiring and they just didn't get the luck. This game against Rangers, this was when really you saw Shane Duffy have an utter howler and he never, ever recovered from it, didn't he not? No, I think that was the beginning of the end for Duffy because um, he was bigged up to be this no-nonsense player and he was fucking full of nonsense every week, I felt as well. You, you kinda, I felt some fans were giving him a lot of leeway because he was Irish, he was a Celtic fan. But we just didn't. We, you couldn't do it. I mean, you couldn't justify the performances that were hopeless. But then again, that comes down to the manager, continues to play him, but he just went for howler, a howler. Um, and it was just a, it was just a complete nightmare for him. And I, that was obviously the famous picture of Goldson and him. So. Then we only go and face AC Milan a few days after it. AC Milan, who at the time were top of the Serie A, unbeaten um, and having a great, great season. And Celtic, instead of going and making it difficult for them and trying to shut up shop and frustrate them, we went and gifted them two first-half goals, which pretty much <laughs> sealed the game for them. Aye, that was it. That game was... I had any confidence we were ever going to beat AC Milan the way things were going, and they, they were quite comfortable. I think we had spells, as we did throughout many games this season, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Um, I think Elianus scored to, was it a header to get it back to 2-1, but... and then. Is that when did Julian injure Barkas or Barkas injured Julian or something? Or? Duffy, I believe, slid in and, and injured, injured Barkas. Yes, of course, we never get a definitive answer about that. Though we never, the club never came out and said anything about the Barkas injury because we'll go into the Aberdeen game in the Sunday in a minute in the goalkeeper situation. But yeah, that was just again poor communication because it was speculation, but we never actually get told what was wrong with Barkas after this game. Mad. Uh, well, the communication's been a, a major issue and still is, definitely. Um, On the pitch, off the pitch as well? I will. I don't know why I bothered with this. You're fucking depressing me. <laughs> but in, with, with this game as well, you know, Neil Lennon said that he wanted an improvement after the Rangers game and he felt that this game against AC Milan was a big improvement. He said he was pleased with the performance. He said we could have shied away from all the criticism, but we've taken it and we went out there and showed personality in the second half. I mean, I don't care if that is personality, getting beat 3-1 at home in the Europa League group stage game. <laughs> I'd, I'd hate to say what their personality was. What was that? Neil was saying that we were obsessed with 10 in a row and it was unhealthy. So Neil obviously doesn't care for standards or winning games. So that probably was a good result for him. He probably did see that as an improvement, but for fans of Celtic who are used to playing these teams like AC Milan in European ties and giving them a good game and, and being competitive then uh, you expected a bit better on the night, don't get me wrong you, you don't have any issue losing to these teams but to boot the game for half time I thought was, was quite embarrassing and they just looked poor Yeah, it was that was one of the games as well where you saw Callum McGregor's defensive side was really showing up, wasn't it? Especially in the 
utter mess of the first two goals, I believe. I think the second goal especially, but Duffy was just as culpable as well. Uh, Lee Griffiths started this game, Tony, and after 20 minutes, he only lasted one half, by the way. Ryan Christie came on and replaced him, up front, of course. But Lee Griffiths, and you could have given him all the time in the world to get fit, after 20 minutes or so, he was done. Um, and personally, I remember saying after this game, I said... Gigpod hadn't actually been started up yet. Said that on my personal account, I would rip up his contract because it was utterly, utterly disgraceful. It was an utter embarrassment to see the nick of him. But yet, Lee Griffiths was allowed way more time in a Celtic jersey. In fact, he was allowed the rest of the season, of course. So right away, just the standards there was completely slipping for what we've seen before with Celtic. Well, the standards started slipping the second Rodgers walked out the door. Everybody knows that. And since then, you've just seen it get worse and worse and worse. And you can now see why Rodgers walked out. Um, I mean, Griffiths, when Griffiths came back and he wasn't fit, that should have been it right there and then. Sell him in the summer. Just say, look, this isn't acceptable. We're going for a very important season. This isn't the example we want to set to our younger players. This isn't what we want to give to our fans. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Your fans are, are ploughing money in for merchandise and season tickets. You've come back unfit, not acceptable, out the door. We'll find we'll help find you a new club. That should have been it there and then. He shouldn't be playing against AC Milan. There's just the the but that that again, there was a lot of instances when um even if we look at the manager. The manager was so, so far out his depth and so below par, but the people in power at the club thought it was acceptable to to keep him for the length of time they did. And what did the result in? A trophy last season, and we finished 25 points behind Rangers. I mean, that's quite astonishing when four years ago we won an invincible treble, and I think we finished about, I don't know, about 35 points ahead of them. I mean, the only positives you can really take from the Rangers and the Milan games, and I'm using that, you know, with the Neil Lennon inverted commas here on the quote marks, is really the introduction of Stephen Welsh, who, against Rangers, he never really looked that out of place. And against AC Milan as well, he wasn't toiling as bad as the more experienced Shane Duffy, I guess. But that's a bad day when that's the only positives you take from two big games for us. Well, that's it. I mean, it's, it's hard to take a positive when you've conceded five and scored one and lost both games. Um, I'm sure it's good for Wales from a personal point of view, but again, is he the future of Celtic? I don't know so much. Do you know what was in this month that Andy Burnham found out on his phone during a presser that Manchester were getting put into Tier 3 lockdown restrictions? I can remember that clip, uh, Burnham, um, and I think, is that a journalist shows him the, the clip on the phone or something, or I tells think, him? Is it, no, what, is it no parties like, parties staff or someone? But certainly somebody showed him and said what the deal was. I mean, when you look at the communication there with the UK government and you look at the communication for Celtic all season, it's pretty similar. Both Tories, aren't they? <laughs> we then went to Petaudry. Now, this was a game that we really had to win, Tony. At this point, Rangers were seven points clear, I believe. They had won the day before. Uh, we had to go to Pataudry, which under Brendan Rodgers and even under Neil Lennon the season before, a, we always seemed to go to Pataudry and it was an automatic three-pointer for us. Not this season, though. Not under Neil Lennon's 2020-2021 uh, Celtic team. What do you remember about that? What sticks out in your memory about that game? I remember getting into thinking I will win this Aberdeen away because I think we'd won every game away at Aberdeen since Roger did, uh, Rogers had come in. And I remember thinking, nah, there's, there's no way we lose this. And then I think Cham gives away the penalty and we're losing at half time. And I think Twitter was just going bananas. At this point, I think we were just any opportunity we go, we were just saying Lennon out. And it was just relentless. And... Um, 
I remember at half time thinking this just can't go on. We can't keep this guy in charge. This is a it was another pathetic performance. I thought this is really worrying me or you could see the league slipping away and still there was people defending him and it was just infuriating. And then the second half started. Uh, let me think. They obviously finished three each, so it was one 0 at half time. Then McGregor equalised. McGregor equalises on fifty two minutes. And Shane Duffy does Shane Duffy things, and Hedges made it to one. Do you remember the goal we gave away? I can remember the penalty we we gave away. No, was that a penalty? We gave away two penalties, Cham. But then Callum McGregor, defensive masterclass again, just sliding in. I, I, that was it. I can remember the third um, goal that they scored in the penalty giveaway. What was the second one? Let me think. It was a cross in, but it was before that. Shane Duffy, a big punt. Aberdeen just punt the ball right down the line. Shane Duffy, all he needs to do is either knock it back to Scott Bain. Well, right away, that's a bit of a dodgy choice. Or <laughs> put, it out, put it out for a throw. Shane Duffy, for some reason, tries to lob it over his head. And I think he hits, he tries to lob it over his head, but he hits his chest. Um, they cross it in. And I think that Ryan Hedges nips in to make it 2-1. It was a farcical goal. Um, and Shane Duffy, who, it was just a nightmare week for him. Terrible against Rangers even worse against AC Milan, and in this game, it was a shocker from him. It truly was, and that made it 2-1 to Aberdeen. But in fairness, Tony, around the 70-minute mark, Lee Griffiths came on uh, alongside Scott Brown, and we actually improved. In fact, we improved immediately, because five minutes later, Griffiths made it to each, took his goal really, really well. Then we get a penalty, 78 minutes, Ryan Christie scores. Now you're thinking, away to Aberdeen, 3-2, they're going to be done, they're demoralised. This will be what we need. It's the big win for us to maybe kickstart our season. But Celtic have other ideas, Tony, because two minutes into injury time, if you remember, Scott Wright gets the ball in midfield. Scott Wright runs past four Celtic players, plays it out to his right. I think Sam Cosgrove, who maybe cuts inside, hits it off the bar, but Callum McGregor, doing st- stupidly again he's, he's defend- the defensive side of his game like we saw all season against Sparta Prague against AC Milan like you even saw against Rangers diving in two-footed gives away the penalty um, and Lewis Ferguson puts it past Scott Bain that's Aberdeen 3 Celtic 3 we go six points behind Rangers we do have a game in hand but it's already you're feeling that the momentum in that game was really slipping away from us wasn't it? Well again another Terrible result. I mean, to concede three against Aberdeen is horrendous at any time, at any stage. But even, I mean, during that season, I think Aberdeen had a big goal drought as well at one stage later on. Um, I remember the, the, the third goal they scored, and you're thinking, where's the game management? Where is the idea just to go look, see if somebody's running at you in the halfway line? Knock them up there. Don't let them go. Be a bit smarter. Um, and then it was obviously we didn't do so, um, and we get punished for it. And I just, I just remember thinking that's got to be it. See the amount of times we said that this season, that's got to be it. Lennon's got to be away. But obviously he hung on and hung on and hung on. But that was, I mean, that was another dreadful result. Because that's, that's the thing. When, whenever we drop points at Easter Road, people would automatically turn around to defend Lennon and say, oh, but we, we didn't beat them under Rodgers. But when Rodgers beats Aberdeen, seven times in a row and then Lennon fails to do so nobody turns around and goes well, how's he not doing this this is unacceptable it's just I thought by this time people were kind of jumping through hoops to, to defend them it was the manner of the draw wasn't it it's not just the, the, the dropping the points but it was just being in that position three to away and not being able to see the game out but it wouldn't be the first that Celtic couldn't see out as well Tony and we'll go on to the next one in a wee second but another bit of trivia is 
in October, the unemployment rate uh, reached 4.5%. As redundancies were reported to be at the highest level since 2009. Amazingly enough, though, Tony, key personnel who shouldn't have been in their jobs remained employed at Celtic. A lot of them still are in their jobs at Celtic, unfortunately. But another game we couldn't see out, Tony, and you're willing to maybe on paper this looks like a good result, doesn't it? Lille 2, Celtic 2. They were going to be the French champions. And Celtic were 2 0 up after half an hour with two brilliant goals from Mohamed El Yunusi. But Tony, let's break it down. This wasn't a good result. And again, it was a poor performance. Second half performance was utterly, utterly murder. Like me, well, you just dreading it when it went to 2 1 because you knew it was coming, didn't you? Even at 2 0, you weren't that confident. Obviously, earlier, and been earlier, and she scored the first goal. It was a screamer, and the keeper just stood still. And know that way, when he scored these kind of goals, you go, Oh, we're actually winning. What a lovely surprise. Um, and then he get his second one. I think was it Frimpel might have set him up for the second. But I can remember, certainly, I remember really clearly about this game. Is it 2 0? They made a sub, and we made a sub at the same time. But we were so, he was so, so late making the subs. He said, I freshened it up long before. And I remember Danny saying, why did he not wait a minute after their sub to make your subs and break the game up even more, frustrate them, slow it down, just a really small part of kind of game management? Um, and I remember that time, that, that result kind of divided opinions. There was a kind of a lot of people saying, well, showed a lot of fight, it's a good result away to Leo, which on paper it is. But you're tuning a lot, you're just need to see the game game management. We had a lot of chances to win that game actually and, and actually go and score three and four. But again defensively it was just symbolic. I mean it was kinda I don't really know what happened this season in terms of defending for set pieces, but it was just utterly pitiful. And again, you're winning in a game, three points would have been brilliant, it would have been really helpful for any progression. And I think again you need to blame the manager. If you're not seeing these games out, if you're not making the right tactical changes, then then you get punished by these good teams and Lil obviously are a, an excellent side. The substitution that you referenced, Tony. We made the change on 64 minutes where Albina Yeti came off and that was one of Yeti's better games. Really, really good hold-up play and they brought others into the game that um, for us that match. Edward came on for him. Now, at the same time, um, I think Jonathan David, who was having a stinker, came off for Lille and Burek Yilmaz came on in the 64th minute. And it was indeed a few minutes after that. It was, that's when he equalised through... That was another one, Tony, as well. The goal we conceded, it was just like the one we see, we saw about maybe 10, 11 times against us this season, haven't we? The cross coming in for a set piece, flick on, the boy at the back post putting it away. And it was just going to be a recurring theme with, with the type of goals we conceded all season. And that was just one of them again. I, I can remember the one at the back post. Uh, what was the equaliser? Equaliser was Ikoni, who it was like, again, it was a cross. I think we partially cleared it. And he hits it. I think it might have taken a deflection. Um, there wasn't a lot of being could have done with it, but the goal was coming for us. But do you know the big thing I took away from it? I remember watching this at the time, Tony, and running about. It's like I said, I feel like a broken record, and I don't mean to go on like Bill Murray here on Groundhog Day every time I do this, referencing the fitness. But, you know, Leo in the entire second half were fitter than us. They were more sharper, they were more reactive, and their game management all around was just better. They were, you know, they were choking to get something out of that game. And we were just hanging on for like the 50th minute onwards. We looked done in. And I was just saying, you know, it turned up 
I'm not saying we should be going for a third, but we should be able to see the game out, be smarter with it. It's not as if we're a wee amateur team, as though we have acted worse than amateur this season, you know. It was just the manner in which we capitulated after Leo scored that goal. And from what I remember, we were very lucky not to concede a third, but that was it. I mean, on paper, it is a good point, but the, the performance was alarming. And also, Tony, this was a game that it was our longest run without a win since 2014. Thank you, Neil Lennon. Another record broken. That was it. I mean, he did break a lot of records. I know you were saying earlier on, just to touch back in the Rangers game, it was the first one, you think you says it was the first one back-to-back wins at Celtic Park for 10 years. I think it was the 90s was the last back-to-back wins. Because Lennon, was, they hadn't beat us at Park in 10 years. So he broke that record in 2019, and then the back-to-back he broke in 2020. So an absolute hero is your Neil. He breaks some amount of records. I remember that, actually, the one against Rangers, I believe it was... They won in the League Cup, didn't they? McCoy scored a header. And then they won 2 0. Gascoigne and Alec Cleland scored as well. So that was you're right enough. Uh Neil Lennon, thank you. What a guy. If you get any words if you get any words of support for that gentleman right now, Tony, if you get anything to say if he's listening. Uh, I, I, no, you need to edit it out. There's no point in me even saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to keep this one as short as possible, really, but let me just get your thoughts, Tony, on October 2020 for Celtic. It's all right to say now, in hindsight, right, that, yeah, you and the guys at Pod Towns were actually spot on. It was your rant that made me, you know, I was listening going, I feel like bringing Gig Pod back because I was as pissed off as you guys were watching this, being subjected to it. And not only that, being made out as if this was acceptable and all oh, these things happen. It was far from it. We didn't even react to it. And well, we reacted far too late, but that's what Celtic do. But... If I can just cash your mind back, Tony, to that Rangers game, the 2-0 defeat, right? And I know you guys ranted about it, but if you were to see if you know what the results after that against Milan, Aberdeen and Lille, would you have foreseen it as being that bad after that Rangers game or would you have thought we've all got our act together? No, I didn't think it would have been as bad as it was. I thought we would have beaten Aberdeen for a start and then what happened after that when he was allowed to go two wins in 12, um, it was just unbelievable, I mean that was really it's horrendous, I mean nobody at Celtic should never go two wins at 12, I don't care what excuses anybody wants to bring up, it should never happen, it's not acceptable he should have been sacked on October 17th after he lost to Rangers, he could have been sacked well before that when we played Fen and Varos he could have been, he should never have got the job blah blah blah, you've heard it all before I think if we'd have sacked him after the Rangers game and brought in a proper manager, it didn't need to be Eddie Howe. I'm sure there was a lot of managers at that time. Um, if you'd offered them the proper money and says, we'll give you the proper backing in the next window or we've got these players here you can deal with, we might have had a... Don't get me wrong, Rangers obviously had a very good season in the end. But um, if we could have somehow upset the rhythm and put any sort of pressure on them, it might have been different. But I think if we'd have sacked him then, we'd definitely... Been in a title race as opposed to been the league done in March. So, but we didn't, and we got exactly what we deserved for it. You thought October was bad, November. Oh, what a horror that was! In fact, you'll be delighted that you don't have to cover November. That's going to be someone else who I will inform the audience of at the very end of this. But Tony, your shift is over. You're okay, and let me just ask you: How's your blood pressure? 
I don't know, I need to take it after this. I don't think I'll be doing any podcasts about Neil Lennon and October <laughs> again. See, when it's, see, the thing is, I mean, I, I need to applaud Neil Lennon. He is superb at getting the eyes out of people. People think he's a bit stupid or daft. He's far from it. He's very intelligent because you've seen him in the paper during the week and it just all came flooding back to me when he started having a go at the fans. And I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. But, aye, uh, so he's obviously wanting to get back into management, so... But no, I mean, the way things are going as well, you might be doing a series like this next year. <laughs> you maybe need to get me back on to talk about Big Angie's downfall, the way things are going, talk about um, cup defeats, but I'm sure somebody will be able to tell us that it's actually okay and all part of a grand plan. Ah, it'll be okay to get beat off like Kelty Hearts or something, yeah. Of course, it happens all the time and it's very acceptable. That's just going to be the mindset. That is going to end up being the mindset. <laughs> Go, reading some of the responses today, that is going to be the mindset next season, isn't it? It's acceptable, apparently. Well, for me, it won't be. I'll be back at, back at Parkhead throwing sharks, so it'll not be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, thanks so much for coming on. And to the audience who listen to this podcast, where can they find more of what you do? You can just search four times in a podcast. I think we're on iTunes, Spotify, and I can't remind you. I don't do any of that, but I think it's Dan that uploads it also. I iTunes and Spotify is the best place to find us. Um, it's not really much positivity. It's just mostly negative. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully, there's a miracle for next season. So our next Premiership Year's review will look back at November 2020 with YouTuber Ryan Fitzsimons. A month which is synonymous with many households cowering in fear on the fifth. Which is exactly what many Celtic fans did on bonfire night when Sparta Prague's COVID-ravaged team performed cartwheels after the win at Celtic Park. Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.